Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show, sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right Kyle. it's thursday night my friend and i'm on the road headed to worldwide technology raceway to enjoy the illinois 300 Kyle. Inaugural. Yeah, I'm a little jealous here, Rowdy. Uh, 25 years ago, they ran the inaugural NASCAR Xfinity Series race there on a 1.25-mile track. Uh, the Gateway 300 won by Elliott Sadler. was the second win of the year. Uh, that was really, the you know, the same year that also IndyCar was there. Uh, it was actually the Kart Series at the time, uh, both visiting uh, Gateway on their, in their inaugural season. So, uh, yeah, big races. Um, you know, the, like I said, the Xfinity race was 300 miles in 1997, and uh, the Cup race is going to be 300 miles come Sunday. So weather's looking pretty good. Um, I don't want to jinx anything, but I'm, I'm just looked at the weather. It does not look bad. Um, hopefully the good vibes stay there, and uh, we get to see some trucks and Cup at Gateway and also uh, Tri-City Speedway. Uh, big race there tonight with the USAC wingless sprints, and then tomorrow night with the World of Outlaws late models. So, Rowdy, there's a lot going on in the area, and you're going to probably be at most of it. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to do my dead level speed at that race, the dirt track. Uh, last year, they they was, at the last minute, they, you know, I mean, I didn't find out until the last minute, and I wanted to go, and they said they put on a heck of a show last year. So, Kyle, if, if I can, I don't know how qualifying works. It seems to be, according to the uh, map, it's not that far away from the track, so I guess it'd be getting in and out of the track. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, with it being an inaugural cup race, uh, has sold out, and uh, I'm interested, hopefully that'll be taken care of. Um, you know, the Cup Series making their first trip there with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, the Toyota 200 on Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Central. So, uh, got a busy weekend coming up. Uh, starts with Cup Practice at Gateway at the Big Track, 5.05 Eastern to 5.55 Eastern. And then uh, that's 4 to 4.55 local time. And also NASCAR Camping World Truck Series practice and qualifying. To wrap up the Friday session, Saturday, the uh, NASCAR Cup Series qualifies, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. And then uh, the Toyota 200 for the NASCAR Campbell Truck Series at 1.30 Eastern, 12.30 Central. So uh, we've got the Cup race on Sunday. It's a 2.30 Central start. Um, that's local track time, uh, 3.30 here in the East. So hopefully we get that in. You know, 240 laps, like I said, the the first ever Xfinity race had it, 240 laps. Still one of the longest races ever held in that series. I think it goes up there in Montreal 2009. So um, about up there in the same range, about three hours, 48, 49 minutes. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have a good race. I think, you know, when you throw out, I just want to throw out a quick name. Ross Chastain won the truck race there in 2019, has a good chance of winning Sunday. So who knows, but... uh yeah, the first race of the Triple Truck Challenge for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Two more after that, and got a lot of stories to cover here coming this weekend. Well, Kyle, uh, when I've liked to got there a little earlier to have been able to have been part of the Holler Parade that's actually just now starting up. Uh, they're, they're kind of downtown and going to run their route. If you want to know, I've got a lot of information on my on my page, the Rowdy Maglite Facebook page on what's going on at Gateway. Uh, they've got an app. You know, if you're going, I'd say log in and jump on that app, Kyle. Uh, also, you know, on my page, there's a guidelines of information and what you can take and what you can't bring. Uh, Kyle, then it's about the parking. It's not an issue if you pay attention to where they designated areas that you're to park in. And, Kyle, those are all clearly... Uh, on the social network, it's easy to find and go to my page and find it. So a lot of it has to make sure you go to your designated areas and park 
And from there on, it's going to be one heck of a race, Kyle. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, mine starts, I should wheel in there about 11 o'clock in the morning, if not just a little early. And we, we kind of walked walk through the practice. Hopefully, I'm going to get to see Olive Cup and uh, the truck practices tomorrow. Sounds like a good schedule, Rowdy. Uh, you know, kind of, you know, I think it's more of a normal schedule, I guess you want to say. Um, cup practice a Friday. It's a three-day show. Uh, practice on Friday. Qualifying on Saturday. And also uh, the race on Sunday. Pocono did that for a lot of years, believe it or not. Uh, back in 2005 when they had a lot of impound qualifying, they did that. Um, you know, not used to the normal Friday, 3 o'clock Eastern start. Um, like like traditional qualifying, but uh, still 11 a.m. Saturday morning Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. Going to see who wins the poll for the Enjoy Illinois 300. So, uh, you know, it's in Madison, Illinois, um, even though you can see the Gateway Arch from there in St. Louis, and, uh, you know, home to the St. Louis Cardinals and formerly the St. Louis Rams, and uh, just a lot, a lot of sports history in that area. Um, you know, Gateway, you know, was a staple on the Xfinity Series schedule from 1997 to 2010, in the Camper World Truck Series from 1998 to 2010, and then returning uh, in 2014, I want to say. Um, I'm, I'm close with that, Rowdy. I don't know if that's exact or not, but I want to say 2014. So um, they've been back ever since. And, uh, you know, also a little bit of history with the Arkham Menard Series that I saw today. Uh, you know, those two wins by Ty Gibbs in 2019 and 2020. And I just want to say a quick thing about uh, the late Brian Clawson winning the uh, 2007 Gateway Arca 150 um, big win for him, you know, with Chip Ganassi trying to become a NASCAR driver at that time from the dirt ranks, and uh, still one of the, the best dirt drivers I'd ever lived, or has probably one of the best out there uh, when it comes to dirt racing, and just uh, doesn't matter if it's a sprint car, a USAC car, a wingless sprint, you know, he was good at it, so uh, a lot of history there, you know, Sheldon Creed's won the last two truck races, Ross Chastain had that truck one in 2019, and Rowdy, a lot of history there. I'm only in a short 25 years or so. I was here when uh, John Hunter Nemechek won on Father's Day, Kyle. That was a kind of a special special night for seeing uh, Joe Nemechek in, in victory lane and in the deadline room with uh, John Hunter. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, John Hunter Nemechek has really become, you know, the winner and a proven winner in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, uh, winning a Pocono last year, uh, beating his boss, Kyle Busch, in the truck race. Um, you know, he's done that a few times, and he's won at Darlington this year. I, I would not be surprised to see him up front uh, competing for the win, uh, Chandler Smith in the 18 and Corey Heim back in the 51 for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Uh, the first race of the Triple Truck Challenge, the other two races are going to be at Nashville Super Speedway and Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Uh, that's what's going to be up for the truck series. And I'm, I'm kind of pumped for the Mid-Ohio race. Um, you know, I know it's something we discussed in the past. And, uh, you know, uh, having Mid-Ohio back, you know, at least on the ARCA schedule along with the truck series now, instead of Xfinity, uh, it's going to put on a heck of a show uh, with the road course racing. So we got a lot going on here in the Camp World Truck Series. Got Sonoma next week, the first time there in a while. Uh, Todd Bodine coming back next week. There's just a lot of storylines going into the next few weeks for the Truck Series. Uh, Kyle Busch going to be back in the 51 at Sonoma. And Arca Menards West Series with uh, Portland this weekend in combination with the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And then next weekend in, uh, uh, in conjunction with the NASCAR Cup Series and the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. So busy time in the Arca Menards West Series. And uh, these are some pretty big races coming up. Okay, I like that. Portland race is, good. is pretty important, Kyle. I guess they can get some set up for the next one at Sonoma. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that Portland race. Uh, you know, a crazy finish last year with our, our guest at 7:10. That's coming on, Eric, Eric Nascimento, and uh, Jake Drew, Taylor Gray wound up winning the race, and. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I know you and I have talked about this, Rowdy. We want to get a little more, more presence on the ARCA West side of things, uh, trying to line up some things for tonight and uh, hopefully for next week. I know uh, I guess I can announce it. You know, we have Scott Heckert planned for next week on a Thursday night, next Thursday, June 9th. Uh, he's going to talk about Portland and running in the NASCAR Xfinity Series for B.J. McLeod. And uh, him and B.J. are pretty good friends, Rowdy. I know uh, 
you know, that's a good relationship you have, too. And, uh, you know, with BJ and Scott, uh, you know, that's how we got it got started with BJ. And the NASCAR, at the time, the NASCAR Canon Pro Series East. So um, that led to him going to Turner Scott Motorsports, winning four races in two years, finishing runner-up to William Byron in 2015 in the East Series. So gonna, I really look forward to him coming on. I've been trying since Daytona Road Course last year, Rowdy, to get him on. And uh, finally, it looks like it's going to finally come through. A lot going on for him, uh, back racing a few select races and getting married as well. What about Rajah Karuz, man, going to jump up out of the six Arkham Menards car into the number seven uh, NASCAR truck series? Well, Rowdy, you know, when you have a big big, dry, a big ride like the seven truck, um, already have won this year with William Byron and Martinsville. Uh, Chase Elliott had a pretty strong run in the top ten in the Bristol Dirt Truck Race, so had some big names run that Alex Bowman at Circuit of the Americas. Uh, it's been a been a busy busy time in that truck. And another thing too, Rowdy, we can talk a little bit about this. Hendrick Motorsports returning to the NASCAR Xfinity Series for the first time since 2009, uh, running three races with uh, Kyle Larson at at Road America, Alex Bowman at the Indy Road Course, and also. William Byron uh, running at Watkins Glen. So that will be the number 17 Hendrick Car Chevrolet, HendrickCars.com Chevrolet. And uh, it's been really uh, it's been a good, uh, you know, good showing for them. You know, uh, William Byron was second in the NASCAR Xfinity Series race to Tyler Reddick at Texas. You know, the 88 got a bad break at Darlington, unfortunately. But um, good to see, you know. I know those, just talking with somebody today, uh, those cup drivers do attract people. When they do run lower series, I think, but um, that's just, you know, I, I go up to Watkins Glen every year, you know, that Xfinity race, there's always a few cup guys running it just for some extra track time. I mean, you've seen guys like Jimmy Johnson run it, um, you know, just to come out for just a one-start deal um, just to get some more track time. So, and I've seen that a lot, Rowdy, you know, more and more this year. Um, we have a few double dippers at Portland. We have uh, Connor Mosack running the number 17 for Steve McGowan in the Arkham Menards West Series, also running the NASCAR Xfinity Series number 18 Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing, making his Xfinity Series debut. And then uh, we also got also got Portland. You know, it has a lot of history there, as long as as much as Gateway does. So, um, so there's a lot going on, Rowdy. So, um, I know Gateway is a big presence in NASCAR. And uh, you know, when they came into 1997, uh, the NASCAR at the time, the NASCAR Bush Series uh, won by Elliott Sadler in the first year. Dale Jr. has a pair of Xfinity Series wins, and uh, we'll, uh, we're waiting it's on our first be a great here. Experience, Yeah, it's just going to be a great experience for everybody. Uh, you know, Saturday kicks it off with the, as far as the race, the uh, Camper World, Camping World Series, Truck Series. Those guys put on a great show, Kyle. I mean, I've always liked the trucks. I mean, to me, the trucks put on the best show. Uh, they don't go as many laps, but, <laughs> you know, they can really, really be some mayhem at towards the end. Well, let's face it, that's what people, a lot of people go to the track. They like to see the crashes. And then Portland, at least they're not, they're, they've got those times where at least, uh, they're not going to conflict with each other, Kyle. It's right, Rowdy. Right yeah, great, great, Eastern time on Sunday. Yeah, for the Gateway uh, Enjoy Illinois 300, Rowdy. We have our first guest of the night on. Uh, you know, uh, we have Arkham Menard Series West driver uh, Eric Nascimento calling in. Um, so close to Portland last year, but uh, thanks for calling in tonight and welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Eric, talk a little bit about how you came up in racing. You know, how, how did you get into it? Um, I know your dad has, has done a lot for you um, with the race team. Can you just talk a little bit about how you came up through the ranks? I started um, raced that for about a uh, year and a half, two years. Kind of got out of it for a little while. My dad uh, was working, mom was working, 
Uh, and about two years after that, my uncle started his race team with a couple other guys, and then my dad kind of went and helped a little bit during the week, kind of. I got a couple guys. Um, then my dad got me a, a bigger go-kart, which was like a, a, a junior one-two cycle, HPV one go-kart out of Stockton. Uh, Scott Conway helped us a lot out there and kind of moved up there, went to the national level, ran a couple national events. But I'm sure you guys have heard of uh, Supercars USA. He goes over and ran Supernats in Vegas a couple times. Um, a lot of competition. 80 to 100 carts in one class. You, know, you gotta, you gotta qualify with this top four of I was about 12. Uh, then I got into legend cars about 13. Ran one legend car under the Lewis Terrell camp. Um, and then I kind of got out of go-karts. So my dad kind of got into stock cars. He raced a couple out of Altamont. Um, and then we brought in Eric Holmes. He raced a few races for us. Um, and then we were uh, kind of partnered with uh, Potts Motorsports. Um, kind of kind of ran in under the same, uh, same race shop. Um, so we were working with them and then Holmes. And then we had a couple drivers come in and rent some of our cars, kind of driver development type of deal. Then I got in my first race car uh, when I turned 16 or 15 at Madeira, the MAP TV series, junior late model. Won a couple races there. Kind of still focused on Holmes and a couple other drivers. Then ran one season at SRL. Um, my first year, I, was, I think I was 17. I think we finished eighth or ninth at points that year. The year after that, ran a little bit more uh, late model stuff, a couple super late model stuff. And then this past, last year, ran a bunch of uh, pro late model, super late model, and then ran almost the whole season of ARCA. Um, got a lot of races under my belt last year. Then this year, this will be my third year, third race of the year. So not very many races. Um, you know, but this will be my third race. I raced two at Madeira, and that's pretty much it. Eric, talk a little bit about your, your Arkham Menards West experience. Um, you know, you were, you were so close to Portland last year. I know that's been probably biting at you to get back to, to try to get back to victory lane and, you know, um, I mean, what are, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Um, you're going to be up against some of the, the double dippers. You're going to be up against Connor Mosack and Daniel Dye. I mean, what are, what are you looking forward to most in this race coming up? Uh, I mean, told my dad this year, I mean, I only really wanted to race three races in Arca, and those three were two Portland and one Sonoma, and we're going to win. You know, I mean, we ran so good that last year. I'm I'm getting a little bit older now, so I only want to go to races that we can contend for a win. And I think those three races, we really can contend for a win. You know, we got Ty Joyner helping us. He's a multi-time championship crew chief for Eric Holmes and Bill McAnally Racing. Also got my uncle. He's our crew chief in the late model stuff. He's got all our stuff running really good the past four years. So those two together put, put a couple – uh, fast market cars underneath our Minnesota Motorsports team. So I really think uh, we'll have a chance this weekend other than it'll be a little wet, so I'm a little, a little uh, nervous on how that's going to end up. And You know, my first, I've, I've raced a couple of rain races in a go-kart, but, you know, that's a 200-pound go-kart. This is a 3,000-pound machine, you know. So it's obviously going to be a little bit different. So I'm super pumped. I can't wait for Portland especially Sonoma next weekend. You know, we ran so good there last year. My first road course race ever, I think, qualified fifth. Ran really top three, top five, all race, and then kind of had a couple bad incidents at the end. But, yeah, I'm super pumped in these next two weekends coming up. My last question for you is, um, you know, with with all this experience you you now have in the Arkham Menard Series West, 
Um, what, what, who, have, who have you leaned on the most? Like, who's been a big mentor to you um, and you're and your coming up through the ranks? Um, there's, there's four guys. I mean, my dad and my Uncle Mike are the closest to me. Those two guys have, I mean, my dad, he backs me in any raising me and my brother want to do with, with money, at least, you know. And then got my Uncle Mike, which he puts in so many hours on our cars. I'm I'm right there with him, and a couple of my other close crew guys are right there with him. But, you know, he's the brains behind all this. Him and Ty Joyner, my uncle's been the brains behind this whole program for the past 15, 20 years. And he, he, he loves to do it. We all love to do it. You know, it's a family, it's a family team. Uh, we love doing it with our friends and family. It's just, it's great. And then Ty Joyner and Eric Holmes, you know, they work together for about ten, uh, five, ten years ago at Mac and Phil McAnally's. And then Eric Holmes kind of stopped racing uh, K&N cars, kind of came over to our team, part of our team the last ten years. Um, a driver standpoint, you know, he's, who I've leaned on most at a driver's standpoint on, uh, he's really helped me at Sonoma. He, he, uh, we had a whole test game a couple weeks before Sonoma last year. Um, he really helped me a lot. I mean, he, he's pretty good at the road courses also. Uh, I think he's got a few wins there and a couple at Portland and then Ty Joyner. He, he knows so much, you know, he's been around these cars, a lot of cars, really, his whole life. You know, he, he worked with his brother back in Bakersfield 10-plus years ago. Um, those four guys, I would definitely would not be where I am without any of them, you know. They're all four key parts of mine, my brothers, and any driver that drives from Aspen to Motorsports. They're them four are what bring our whole team and organization together to uh, – to another level, you know, like this past couple of years, we've been trying to make Nashville Motorsports top tier of these of these teams and any any uh, any series we go to, you know, we just keep improving and you know, a P1 car to every racetrack with any driver would. Hey, uh, Eric Scott Rowdy here. I'm, I'm on the road headed to uh, Gateway now for the uh, Illinois 300. But what, besides Portland and Sonoma, what other road course would you like to race at, Eric? You know, there's one race that me and a good buddy that we race, we, we hauled to uh, Phoenix together in the same trailer, and then last year we hauled to Portland together in the same trailer. And our bucket list is uh, definitely walking the land. You know, just uh, it's a long way from home, but that's one thing. You know, this year or next year, we're gonna knock off our bucket list. Like, I really think we got a car and a, a couple good setups, and uh, I think I've proven myself as a road course driver to be able to compete against some of the best road course drivers in the country. Well, uh, Kyle was at Watkins Glen last year, and both of us are planning on going to Watkins Glen. Uh, so, Eric, sort of your plan is now that NASCAR is really, they really seems to be sold on on road courses. Would you like to be the ringer that some of the Cup teams would call in for uh, Cup for a road course race? Hundred percent. That's that's my number one goal. You know, I mean, I'm getting little bit older now and I've kind of started working. I'm also traveling from LA to my house in Ripon to grab the truck and trailer and drive to Portland. So I went 16 hour drives just so I could be there tomorrow for the race. I kind of missed uh, missed working in the shop this week. So I'm kind of prepared to last week. But, you know, and then that's That'd be, that's my number one goal. Well, with that being said, you know, with all the travel and stuff, let's talk about the guys that help you get to the track each week uh, and, and make this dream come true, Eric. Yeah, I appreciate it.
Uh, what? Let's let's talk about uh, Eric, uh, the guys that kind of help you get to the track each week. Your your dad, your uncle. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, my dad, he's got a full time job. He's got a couple businesses. Uh, he he does anything and everything for me and my brother and our whole race team. Really, you know. Uh, he he's the backbone to this team. The past ten years, you know, he. He, about 10 years ago, he wasn't really a part of the team. Then he kind of came in and kind of took over, you know. He's, he's the money guy behind it. He pays the bills. He, he's, a, he's like the team manager, you know. He, he brings everyone together. He gets everyone together once a month. We, uh, we have a good time, you know. And our whole family, there's 15, 20 guys that's part of this team that make it all all go, you know. And make, there's, there's obviously – three or four key guys, but everyone's a key player in a team. You know, I'm sure you guys know. I'm sure a lot of people listening to the radio right now know. Um, then my Uncle Mike, he works for Penske Trucking. Please, he's a manager. He, he drives around. He goes all over the country to, uh, to manage all these Penske dealerships and service places, and he still makes the time two, three days a week. Um, to come to the shop after four or five o'clock, or even on his day off, like Monday and last Friday, he took the day off to get get these cars ready for this weekend. Um, like with any of these guys on our team, they they'll take off a Friday or a Saturday just to come to the racetrack. You know, none of our guys are full time employees like half the Arkham and Art Series teams are. You know, we're just we work our tails off and. I seem to think we're one of the hardest working teams in the pit at any any given racetrack we go to. To be honest, uh, we just we love going racing. We love being in victory lane at the end of the night. You know, Eric. Before we let you go, I just want to ask you a quick follow up. Uh, I was thinking about this when you mentioned it. The rain. Um, you know what? What can you maybe learn from the NASCAR Xfinity Series? You know they're practicing and qualifying on Friday. Will any of that help you out for your race on Saturday? Yeah, definitely. I mean, being able to watch them and see a couple of their strategies that, that they do, and bring in my go kart experience, racing in the rain and go karts. I got a couple of uh, things I've been thinking about the past couple of days. Uh, on how we used to race go-karts and set them up and, you know, and drive them and a couple little techniques on it. But, yeah, it, it's going to definitely change things up. I was super, super pumped on, you know, running in the dry. Just the same setup, you know. But obviously going to be a little bit different. Um, the whole tires, I'm not sure how they're going to hold up. I'm not sure how much it's going to rain. It says light rain, you know. So, uh definitely going to be a different mindset going into the, the race. Um, I have to definitely give it my crew chief and a couple of my spotters and let's get a game plan going after practice, you know, and just trying to try to attack this weekend with the open mindset try to definitely try to bring home one piece. You know, we don't have three, four, five cars like all these big teams do for a backup next weekend, you know, or one, two, three car team. And then next weekend we have uh, another driver racing for us, the Bastion Arias, uh, at Sonoma, so really tied up on cars. Just got to try to bring it home in one piece and a good finish. And You know, we're definitely still going for a win, wet or dry. So I'm so pumped for this weekend. Can't thank everyone that's brought us to this point, National Motorsports, Gipco, Welding and Industrial Supply, Impact Transportation, David's Racing Products, RJ's Paint Shop, Manella Race Engines, um, Joiner Motorsports, uh, everyone that helps out, you know, it, it takes a lot to get to, to a, a race, let alone a national sanctioned race, 800 miles away from home, you know. So, you know, be more proud of NASCAR Motorsports being able to compete at the highest level of NASCAR. Eric, man, Eric, uh, we wish you. Go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead, Rowdy. I just gonna say, Eric. Just, I, I want to wish you best of luck, man. And you know, it's nothing like being with you guys at the racetrack, 
kind of motivates you after dinner and then go race and do what you do and then try to put all this stuff back in the trailer and make it home. It it makes for memories, and I, I hope you build some this weekend. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, for sure. Eric, just wanted to, to say thank you, both of us. Thank you for coming on tonight, and uh, best of luck to Portland this weekend. No problem. Thank you, guys. I'll be happy to come on anytime you guys need me to. Thank you guys for having me. Have a great night. You Thanks, too. Eric. Thank you. All right. No uh, uh, At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road, that I realize I'm at the wrong track. There you go, Rowdy. Now you're ready. Great guess, pal. Really. Man, I mean, he's, he's the kind you want. He just, went, you know, he got involved in his, in his answer. I mean, really involved in his answer. I, I appreciate it. I was kind of having a little problem. I don't know if you was, Kyle. He's kind of breaking up a little bit where I was at. Yeah, I think he was breaking up a little bit, but nevertheless, thanks for him coming on tonight. Um, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I know you and I it, have it been sounds... talking about this, Rowdy. Uh, more presence of the Arkham Menards West and the Arkham Menards East Series. Uh, big race is coming up for the West, uh, Portland, this weekend. Uh, the Portland 112 on a Saturday evening, and uh, that's going to be after the NASCAR Xfinity race, uh, 147 miles for the NASCAR Xfinity Series in the inaugural Pacific Auto Office Automation 147. Unfortunately, Rowdy, I had to look that up. But, uh, you know, sometimes you have to cheat and look stuff up, uh, yeah. you know, we're in the information age. So, uh, but still, um, 75 laps for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Uh, they will have, it looks like they're going to have practice and qualifying in the race all in the rain. Um, that's what the weather forecast is looking like. It's like a 50-some percent chance tomorrow on Friday, and then Saturday it's about 80%. So, uh, going to be a real interesting weekend, uh, having rain tires on and having a rain race possibly. So um, that could, could be really out of control. Um, you know, I think we know the one of the most experienced, like a guy like A.J. Allmendinger, who will be at Gateway on Sunday for the cup race. Uh, ben Rhodes, the defending truck series champion, will practice and qualify the number 16 like racing Chevrolet in the cup series while A.J. Allmendinger uh, does all the practice qualifying and racing at Portland. He's in the NASCAR Xfinity Series championship hunt and uh, running for points in that series. So uh, still got a lot going on. I know you were mentioning Rajah Karuth um, in a big truck. Spire Motorsports, uh, very good this year. William Byron winning at Martinsville. Uh, Alex Bowman at Circuit of the Americas. And also Chase Elliott at the Bristol Dirt Race. So um, he made his, uh, Eric made his, Eric Nascimento made his debut last year at Sonoma for Bill McAnally Racing. And then, uh, his own team, the number four, um, really ran, ran really well. Um, you know, these are some really, like I said, these are some really big races for the Arkham Menards West Series. You know, this, this is where, you know, they can really shine uh, on a big stage. You know, when you have NASCAR second-tier series running with them at Portland, and then next weekend, not only the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series returning there, the NASCAR Cup Series being there on the same weekend. So, uh, you know, I know that Arkham Menards West Series race at Sonoma is going to be interesting. I know Charlie Crawl, we had him on last week uh, to discuss Charlotte, um, you know, and also Portland and also Sonoma. We could see a guy like Chase Briscoe show up again, um, maybe looking to go back-to-back at Sonoma. I know that Watkins Glen race he had in the bag until something broke on the number 14 Ford. So, uh, you know, we could see that happen, see some other guys and girls running the, in both series. So, um, there's just a lot of good storylines right now, and that's that. I think this is a really good time for the Arkham Menards West Series. You know, start at least start paying attention to it more. Um, like I said, when you have these combination races with the NASCAR Xfinity Series and all of NASCAR's top three series, it proves to be very crucial um, to have to be on the same stage as the Cup Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Very, very uh, crucial to be there. Well, you're just a footprint of what's been going and what's going on for the weekend. I mean, just 
proving ground. You know, Kyle and, and we, we're seeing it play out. You know, the eight years I've been involved in ARCA, going on nine, I've, I've, I mean, we're up in the cup now, Chase Briscoe. Several, Brandon Poe, uh, Alex Bowman, uh, you know, it goes on and on. That, you know, we watched an Arkham Menard series, and did he have one? I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's where you build friendships for life, you know. Mine started, you know, with, with like Christian Nickens and Grant Enfinger, and uh, like I said earlier, Chase Briscoe. Justin Haley, you just win them over year after year. I mean, we, Ty Gibbs, I mean, we were part of a lot of his winning. COVID kind of stuff. COVID kind of took a little bit of the shine off for us, Kyle, to be around Ty's wins because we were kind of limited. Rowdy, I almost ended up at the 2020 Pocono Arca race soon. The minute he won that race, and it was his first start, and then he won the Watkins Glen Xfinity race last year, beating one of the best in A.J. Allmendinger and Austin Sindrick. I mean, I was pretty much sold after that. Um, definitely has the talent. Um, you know, had a little run-in a few weeks ago, but I think, I don't know if that's bridged through the water. I have no idea. But uh, also Sam Mayer, been running very well. I won the pole at Charlotte, third at Charlotte. Um, Josh Berry, um, back in victory lane. Charlotte, big win, 18 seconds over Ty Gibbs, who had to start in the rear. So uh, a lot going on, and we can't forget about the truck series as well. Uh, you know, Carson Hosevar looked like he had it in the bag. Uh, late caution came out, and then uh, he and Ryan Priest got together, kind of ended Hosevar's night. And Grant Enfinger gave the race-winning push to Ross Chastain on the backstretch hey. of the final lap in, over, in second overtime to uh, win the North Carolina Education Lottery 200. Grant Enfinger comes home second. Big race. Um, Kyle Busch finished seventh. I mean, it was just it was a, you know an unusual night for him. You know, uh, got up front. He was kind of running up front toward, toward the end, but just fell back. And uh, those truck races have been pretty insane lately, Rowdy. There have been a lot going on. I mean, you look at Coda. Zane Smith goes from fourth to first in one corner, and he drives away. So it's just, you know, there's been a lot of stories this year in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. You know, I don't think it's, it's all John Hunter Nemechek's to lose right now. I think, you know, Zane Smith's running really well. So um, don't be surprised if he runs well at Gateway this weekend as well. Right, and he's running well. He really is. Uh, I don't think it's nobody's lost nothing up here. <laughs> I mean, I hear so many people does not like. The only thing I got against stage racing is why we stop. Let's just claim it and keep going. You know, just that, that's my only complaint about any any of it. I like the way the championship is. I don't really care that much about it being in Phoenix. I like Homestead, but you know what? Hey, Phoenix needs a chance, too. Hopefully it's going to do a little rotating, Kyle. I mean, so the East Coast can enjoy it, and also the West Coast. I, I get that. Rowdy, I think I think they'll be back at Homestead at one point. Um, that's one. I think that's still one of the best facilities in the season. Yeah, and I, I, you know what? Phoenix is a good track to end the year. You know, you have all four series there at Arca West. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and of course the Cup Series. So, you know, it's been it's been a good finish. You know, it's been like you know last year with Kyle Larson winning the Cup title on on, on a big pit stop that got him the lead and the win, and uh, Daniel Hemrick getting that championship finally, um, his first win and a, and a title winning win as well. And uh, Ben Rhodes, uh, we just talked we talked about him earlier, uh, getting the championship for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. So. Um, I know we had Jesse Love on a few weeks ago. Um, we know he talked about that crazy arc of Menards West Series race last year um, that won the title uh, with the last lap pass to Trevor Huddleston. And uh, that was the one position he needed to uh, get over Jake Drew for the uh, 2021 arc of Menards West Series title. So still a lot going on, you know, in that series. Um, I think you'll see some heavy hitters like the next few weeks. Like I said, we don't have many double dippers going, you know, as I th- expected, but Connor Mosack is running. Double duty on Saturday, Friday and Saturday uh, for the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the Arkham and Arch West Series. But uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see that Sonoma entry list. I think that's going to be pretty packed. Um, 
you know, I think you're going to see a lot of see some East team running out there. Um, I know that, that, that at least in the past that's what happened. I know uh, H. Scott Motorsports uh, brought out with Justin Marks brought out some entries one time with Dalton Sargent who almost won the race. Uh, William Byron. So they've had some. They they brought out their teams. Justin Haley. They brought out their teams out west. And uh, you know, and I know uh, Eric brought up a crucial race on the Arkham Menard Series schedule this year. Watkins Glen. Um, I expect that race to be stacked again. Um, you know, last year, Ty Gibbs, Corey Heim on the front row. Uh, you know, and, and, and something I've seen, Rowdy, at Watkins, what I've never seen before, was somebody getting passed on the outside of turn 11. Um, Chase Briscoe passing Ty Gibbs on the outside to take the lead, and it looks like he had it in the bag until the car broke. So, uh, you know, uh, set up that battle between Ty Gibbs and Corey Heim, and Corey Heim came away from the – Win and I, I know Billy Venerini wants me at his races because he told me the two Arca races I went to last year, Corey Heim won both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Kyle, we got a, a go plus cluster uh, preview of Gateway. Would you like to play it? I sure can. All right, we're joined here this morning, this afternoon, actually, by Cole Custer, driver the number 41, HaasTooling.com Ford Mustang. Um, Cole in St. Louis already, getting ready for the race this weekend in Gateway. And, uh, Cole, I did see a picture of you throwing out the first pitch of the St. Louis Cardinals game last night. And the fact that I didn't see any video, I guess that's a good thing, because you only see video of first pitches when they go wrong. So it must have been pretty good. Uh, you know, I didn't skip it across. I made him jump a little bit, so uh, that probably wasn't the best. But overall, I didn't skip it across, so that was a win. Um, but <laughs> I found with Kenny Wallace uh, yesterday, so that's always entertaining. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just out here early promoting uh, the Gateway race. And uh, we have Wow Waffles on the car this week. And it's uh, it's a big race for them. They're really involved in the St. Louis area and, you know, working with Feeding America, working with actually uh, Gene Builders for Equity out here in St. Louis. So, um, really involved in the community, and it's a big race for them. So hopefully, and putting on a good show. Well, I just saw that Lee Spencer dialed in, and her being a St. Louis, you know, person, you know, I'm sure that she'll be glad to know that you're going to do some good things in the community before the start of the race. So um, let's get us started with questions. We got a small group, but a good group, and uh, we'll kick it off with Rob Tiongson. Go ahead, Rob. Thanks, Dan, and thanks for joining us today, Cole. Got yeah, a couple of questions. <laughs> good to see you, man. A couple of questions to start things off. Now, I recall that you won the truck race at Gateway in 2015. I know it's been some time, but what is it like to go back to a racetrack where you've had success and you know that it's a bit of a leg up over both of your competitors for this weekend? Yeah, it gives you a little bit of confidence. Obviously, I mean, I haven't run on the track since 2016, I think. So I've never run on the repave. Um, so that's going to be interesting. But I kind of know the idea of the track. You know, I mean, there's you know, one end, you know, extremely tight, you know, this, I know the feel of that end, and then you have the other end that's really similar to maybe New Hampshire or Phoenix one and two, um, where it's really wide and sleep sweeping. So um, just kind of going to have to get used to repave. I mean, I think I have an idea of the racetrack and using the Ford simulator, but um, the repave is definitely going to be different than what I was used to. Certainly. And one last question to put your thinking cap on. You know, it's kind of crazy to think that eight years ago you had like this amazing victory as a 16-year-old kid, and you're still young at age 24. But if you had to write to your younger self about all the incredible experiences you've had so far in your NASCAR career, what are one, what are one or two pieces of advice you'd give you to your younger self? Uh, I was actually thinking about that the other day. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is just asking questions and you know, really being a sponge. You know, I think. You have to and figure out what's good for you. You know, I think, you know, what works for everybody doesn't work for you. So you kind of have to figure out, you know, you know, your style inside the car, outside the car. You know, have, have to figure out what works for you. And um, I think at this level, that really becomes apparent that you really have to focus on yourself and figure out what's going to work for you inside and outside the car. Absolutely, Cole. Well, best of luck, my friend, and hope to see you later this season for sure. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Rob. Let's go to Bob. Hey, Bob. Hey, Cole, so have you uh, been out to the track yet uh, this week? I, I haven't been to the track yet. Been to the Cardinal Stadium, but uh, not the track yet. Okay. I was going to ask, like, how, what's, the, what's different about the track uh, between since now, since 
and the time you raced there, but I guess uh, you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, from what I've heard, I saw, you know, some of the people who worked there um, yesterday. And obviously, the repaid different than when I was there. Um, but they said they made a lot of renovations. I mean, just, you know, fan zone stuff and throughout the racetrack, the facilities. So I'm, I'm definitely pretty excited about seeing it because I think it's come a long way. Uh, when you won there uh, in 2015, like, were you shifting? I think it, if I remember right, it was an option. I definitely do remember shifting, um, but I can't remember if it was like every lap or not. And so I guess you might actually be shifting twice on the front stretch and once on the back stretch. Is that kind of the idea going in? And if so, is that a, I mean, is that a big challenge, especially with, I mean, I assume people are getting used to the shifters, but um, uh, that seems yeah. like a lot. Yeah. It's, I think that is the idea going into it, that we'll shift twice in one and two and then uh, once in three and four. Um, but we won't know until we get to practice. Um, but, yeah, it's more of a pain than anything, <laughs> to be completely honest. Uh, you know, uh, you know, doing one shift and everything, that's all fine. But having to do two is a little bit more. But, um, you know, that's why we're paid the big bucks, I guess. You know, I mean, uh, as race car drivers, we're always looking for a little bit, little advantage over everybody. So, um, I think having that shifting there, hopefully we can um, figure out how to use that to our advantage. And do you see shifting to be – I mean, we saw at the short tracks that shifting was almost used as much of a defense mechanism as much as a as anything else. Should should expect to see the same at Gateway, or will it be a little different? Uh, I think so, a little bit for sure. You know, I think when you look at it, um, if you go in there and wash up, make a mistake, you know, you can always you know grab a gear, and it's the car is going to accelerate really good off the corner. It's going to be harder for that guy behind you to pass you, uh, but. You know, it's it's just part of these cars. You know, we have five gears now, and um, I don't think you're going to escape that at Gateway either because the ends are so much different. You're always going to be shifting. You know, I think at Martinsville we can figure out something to where we can, you know, make it so we don't shift. But Gateway, it'll always be really hard to make that happen. Thank you, Bob. Let's go to Dustin Long. Hey, Dustin, go ahead. Hey, uh, call a few questions here for you. First off, um, from a driver's perspective, obviously Charlotte got a lot of universal uh, rave reviews for this type of race and, and people talking about it's a, it's a, it was a different type of race than seen before, obviously in a different car and things like that. But what made what made Charlotte so much better this time around? Why was it better? What what were what were things that you you as a driver could do that maybe hadn't been able to do in years past? You know, I think the biggest thing is just you know, we have a smaller spoiler, less downforce. Cars are really on edge this year. So we were able to move around the track a lot. And I think the track also did a really good job with how they used the resin and the chemical they put down. They didn't really put much down of it. So it made it so we could run multiple lanes and be able to race, you know. So we had a lot of options to try and pass. And um, the cars were really on edge. I think you saw that with all the guys spinning out. And um, so it just made it to where there were a lot of options, a lot of guys edgy and um, and created a lot of chaos and uh, good racing. I'm curious. Um, we often hear so much about sports in general, but even NASCAR, uh, for all the mechanical aspects that it that it's still a person, uh, you know, a people sport. And I'm curious. Look, obviously, you were in contention to have an opportunity to win that race at the end until the getting caught up in the accident. Um, so I'm curious how you look at that, but also with the, you know, if somebody just looks at the hard numbers, it's three DNFs in the last five. And I know you got swept up in, at Darlington uh, with something in front of you and had an engine issue ish elsewhere. So if you look at the hard numbers, they're, they're you know, brutal, as, as you would probably tell me, but I'm sure you see some different things. So how do you how do you look at this stretch? How do you how do you guys do it as a team? Obviously, there's there's a a lot of work, a lot of effort that goes into it that when you don't see the results, I'm guessing it can be kind of tough. So how do you, how do you look at this, what, what's happened, you know, in the last five races? Uh, well, you just got to keep grinding. You know, it's a really long year um, and you just got to stay at it and keep working with your team to get your cars better and just go week by week. Um, but I think the biggest thing from last week is that we can take a lot of positives and take a lot of momentum from that. You know, I mean, being able to run up there in the top five and have shots to win the race at the end, I mean, to go to the track the next week. So um, I think we're going in the right direction. It's just a matter of cleaning some things up and having some good luck. I mean, like you said, it's it's been a brutal year from the standpoint of I think we've 
shown we can have speed at times. I mean, I think Martinsville, we ran top five most of the race. Coda, we ran top 10 most of the race. Uh, and uh, Charlotte, we had a really good run. And we've had tires roll away. We've had motors blow. We've gotten wrecked, I think, probably six or seven times. So it's just, it seems like one thing after another. But um, if you bring fast cars to the racetrack, it'll eventually turn around. And also, you did the uh, the Charlotte tire test. You were one of the ones that did that, you know, about a month or so before. Obviously, I know that that's kind of, uh, you're kind of restricted on what you guys can do. But in this era where you don't have practice for the most part at most events, how much did that have any role in helping in, in what the performance was uh, last week in the 600, do you feel? I think it helps a little bit, you know, I mean, having those laps there and just kind of getting bearing set on what we want in the car and everything. Um, and what to expect. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, how hard our teams worked the last few weeks of getting our cars better. Um, obviously, Texas and uh, Kansas probably weren't our best races. So it was a lot of work that went in our team trying to make our cars better. And they've done a great job. I mean, we went to Charlotte and had some really fast cars by the end of the race. So um, it gets us really pumped up for going into the summer and um, hopefully having some speed. And last question is this week with being a new track, uh, you get a full practice session, which is something you guys don't get that often. What does that mean? How can that help not only for this weekend, but are there, you know, are there things you might be able to learn, you know, for, for down the road at some other similar tracks? Yeah, it's exciting. I think mainly for the crew chief, um, you know, when you look at it, 15 minutes of practice and now we get an hour they're probably itching to, you know, try a bunch of different things that they've been thinking about and thinking in their heads and talking with the engineers. So um, I think you're going to see a lot of guys trying some things because now we're to the point where everybody probably has a little bit of a baseline of where they're at with these cars. But now you're going to try a little different things to try and get that little bit extra speed. So um, having this hour-long practice, I think you'll definitely see some guys trying some different setups and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, it'll be, it'll be cool. It'll be interesting. I mean, Gateway is a, a hard track to get a hold of because it's two different ends. Um, and there's going to be a lot of shifting, like, like we said before. So um, we'll see who comes out on top. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Dustin. Let's go to Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Hello. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Cole, I got two for you. Going back to talking about shifting this weekend, I know NASCAR has said that shifting on ovals is something they're going to be taking a look at. They don't necessarily seem to be fans of that. What about the drivers? This whole idea of shifting on ovals all of a sudden with this next-gen car, uh, do you like that, or are you hoping that maybe something will change in the future? Uh, you know, I think we're looking – I mean, I, I don't speak for everybody, <laughs> but obviously, but for me, it's you know, I think places like Gateway, Darlington, Pocono, it's going to be really hard to make it to where we don't shift at those places. I mean, it's probably just going to be a thing that's part of the racing now. Um, but I think when you look at like Martinsville and the traditional tracks that we don't shift at, I think it doesn't help the racing to have the shift in. You know, it's kind of, it makes it a little bit more busy as a driver at times and stuff like that. But um, I don't think it helps the racing, um, you know, when you can kind of grab a gear and accelerate off the corner and even if you make a little mistake, you can kind of make up for it with the shift. So um, I think it's something where going to the traditional tracks and not shipping would probably be better. And I wanted to ask about uh, resin versus PJ1. Obviously, resin was used at Charlotte. Uh, I know it's been used more than PJ1 recently. I think back to Nashville last year, and I believe Michigan. Does Is resin just a better for drivers? Because it, it doesn't sound like it gets as slippery or um, – you know, as I guess dangerous as some drivers would say in terms of, you know, when it gets too hot, it gets too slick. So is resin kind of the better option right now? Yeah, it seems like it's just kind of a milder kind of PJ1, I, I would say. Um, you know, it doesn't put off maybe quite as much grip as PJ1. Um, and, you know, like you said, it doesn't probably take quite as long to work in either. Um, so it's, you know, last week, I think they only put one coat down, which was you know, not very much. So I think that's what made it to where we could move around the track a lot. And, uh, you know, Charlotte probably doesn't, probably doesn't need it as much anymore just because the surface is aging and everything. So it's, it's definitely interesting <laughs> you say the least, but um, I think what their direction that they're going of a little bit, you know, resin or less, you know, almost no chemical is probably better. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Kelly. Let's go to Jim. Hey, Jim. 
Hey, hey Paul, how you doing? Not bad, how are you? Good. I apologize if you've already addressed this first question. I popped in a little late, but um, what uh, have have you had any uh, time in the sim in regards to Gateway? And do you have any idea whatsoever what to expect when Cup cars hit the track uh, this weekend? Uh, yeah, we actually we went to the Ford Simulator, um, got to run a decent amount. Um, and I think, like we said before, there's going to be shifting. I think that's kind of uh, a for sure. Um, but, um, you know, it's two different ends. Um, and it's a track that I haven't seen in, you know, four or five years. Um, and I haven't seen the repaves. So it's going to be a hard track to get a hold of for the teams, I think, just from the standpoint of, you know, you have one end that's really tight. You have one end that's really sweeping. So um, it's going to be an interesting weekend. And, um Correct me if I'm wrong, if you if you disagree, but from the outsider perspective, it really seems looking at um, Stuart Haas racing that you guys tend to get much better the longer the race goes on. Do you feel that for in particular for your team, and is that something that um, it is kind of discussed or noticed within the organization? Uh, you know, I think it's just a matter of dialing your car in more and more throughout the race um, and finding what you need in it. Um, and I think we're getting better and better about unloading and, you know, I think uh, figuring out what we need in our cars so that will get better as the year goes on. But um, overall, I think our team's done a – I mean, at, at Charlotte especially, we did a great job of making the car better. And once it went to nighttime, we, we really came to life. So hopefully you can just keep building on it and, uh, you know, hopefully have a few good weeks here. And the last question is, Charlotte, um, always been known as a very temperature-sensitive track. Did that hold true, at, at the, uh, or was it even more so with the next-gen car, or could you even could you tell the difference? Yeah, I mean, I think Charlotte is probably one of the most temperature-sensitive tracks that we go to on the schedule. Um, for me personally, I didn't have too much of my car didn't change a ton. It just built, It just had way more grip at night i mean it's it's like a light switch when the shade happens and it goes to nighttime unreal how much grip that track picks up so um but yeah i mean we've always seen that at charlotte it's pretty crazy thank you very much batting six from st louis lee spencer <laughs> absolutely from st louis on the way to ballpark as we speak um <laughs> Hey, Cole, I was there for your very first truck pull. You weren't even old enough, um, I, you know, to, to have the traditional bush pull background for that pull. And, you know, then you come back the next year, you win the race. And I'm just kind of curious, this has been a, a pretty significant track in your background in the history of, of your racing. And so does it have a special place in your heart? Yeah, I think so for sure. Like you said, I think it, it was my first pole, I'm pretty sure, and we got the track record when we when we went there. Um, and then I won one of my truck races here. So it's it's one of those places that, I mean, I just I took too well, and I really like it. Um, you know, I think one, you're able to be able to go in there and be really aggressive on the brake, get the car slowed down, get it to hook the line, and then you're trying to get up to speed as fast as you can for that long straightaway on the back stretch. Um, and then you go into a completely different corner in three and four. That's a lot sweepy, you know, really a big sweeper corner. And it's similar to New Hampshire. Um, we actually won another truck race there so, um, and, and Phoenix. So um, it was definitely a good track for us and hopefully we can keep it going. You, you talked earlier about, you know, the, the specifics as far as what makes next gen better on intermediate tracks, but um is it also just the fact that the cars are closer as far as the competition of the cars that seeing intermediate for a guy who, you know, won and see the dynamic changing as far as the racing goes at these places, they just seem extremely aggressive, which, you know, is great for us and great for the race. Go ahead, Cole. Yeah. So, you know, 
She's breaking up for me. Yeah, Lee, we've we've had a hard time there. You're kind of in and out there, but I think Cole's got the gist of your question. So go ahead, Cole. uh, Answer what you what you're able to hear there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a closer field field of cars, you know. um, And I think you can see that you'll have guys who start off the race not as not as good as they want to be, and then they'll get it better just because there's only so far off you can be, I guess. You know, I mean, there still are good cars and bad cars, but it's in a tighter box. Um, So I think it's made it a little bit more competitive. You'll, you've seen teams that haven't run up front in the past. I mean, they're, they're right up there competing for a win. So um, made it, it's made it good. I think, you know, and like I said, the cars are on edge, um, you know, on the bigger tracks, especially just because you don't probably have the downforce that you would want um, when you go to places like that, but it makes the drivers work that much harder and uh, makes it for some exciting racing. Well, Rowdy, uh, yeah, that's about, you know, Cole Custer, the 2015 Gateway Truck Series winner. And Ozzy's going bonkers right now, but that's okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, Cole Custer, a former winner at Gateway, um, he's run good there in the past. And, uh, you know, I think he'll run good on Sunday as well. Um, 240 laps, 300 miles for the Enjoy Illinois 300. And uh got the the, the Camp, NASCAR Campbell Truck Series as well. And you also have Tri-City Speedway on a Friday night for the World of Outlaw Late Models as well. Go get dirty quick, John. Go get dirty quick. So, Kyle, what you got to take us out tonight? Well, Rowdy, I got a lot. Um, last weekend... Uh, Anthony Macri took home $39,000 on the Bob Weikert Memorial, $10,000 on Saturday, $29,000 on Sunday at Port Royal Speedway. Uh, looking really good so far. I know Steelens Grove's coming up soon, and uh, he'll be there. I know he'll be there for the 410 race with the USAC Eastern Storm wingless sprint cars. I'm going to be there on a, a doubleheader with the 410 wing sprint cars on Thursday, June 16th. I'm looking also to maybe go into the... Ne- USAC Eastern Storm opener at Grandview Speedway on Tuesday, June 14th. I might be going to that one as well. So, uh, still some things in the works, Rowdy. Um, thankfully, I'm off uh, next Friday and Saturday, and I'm looking to go to a race. Don't know where yet. Um, Port Royal's been talked about. Um, I know Five Mile and Penn Can are also running. So, I've never been to Penn Can, been to Five Mile Point once in Kirkwood, New York, for the Super Dirt Series race, won by Stuart Friesen. So, uh, been there before. Um, and uh, we'll see if uh, – and there's also another big race I, I, don't, I will not be making, unfortunately, the uh, Short Track Super Series North-South uh, combo race at Bloomsburg Fair Raceway on Tuesday, June 7th. Uh, they're back again this year. And uh, also Bloomsburg has the USAC Eastern Storm finale on Father's Day, Sunday, June 19th. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Mother Nature hasn't really been, uh, been in the favor in PA, uh, Action Track USA in Kutztown, PA, got rained out Wednesday night. Bloomsburg got rained out on tonight, Thursday night. And uh, the USAC East Coast Sprint Cars uh, go to Williams Grove tomorrow night. Lincoln on Saturday night. Big race at uh, Lincoln coming up. Uh, it's going to be also school, school's out night at Williams Grove Speedway Friday night. Uh, Saturday, a $19,000 to win Steve, Steve Smith Memorial Race at Lincoln. I expect a lot of the big guns to be there. Um, Port Royal, they have their show. Um, something big coming up for Port Royal. Um, I know that they're going to have the USAC Silver Crown cars and USAC Eastern Storm wingless sprint cars there, along with the 410 wing sprints on uh, Saturday, June 18th. A big show coming up there. And uh, just a lot going on, Rowdy. Um, going to try and get to some of these races. I know they're pretty big. Like I said, Seals Grove, Grandview coming up. And we got PA Speed Week at the end of the month. So it's a busy time in Pennsylvania. A lot going on in the dirt, uh, Mahoning Valley Speedway, uh, Evergreen Raceway, all uh, coming with races. So there's a lot going on right now. Everybody's racing, Kyle. We're we're putting the full swing. I'm headed to Gateway. I should be. I have something happening by dinner time tomorrow, Kyle. I'll be posting up. Hopefully uh, we're going to practice. I'll have some stuff tomorrow evening. Tomorrow night after the surf track, follow, subscribe. Now my TikTok's on fire, man. So jump on the wagon. Let's.
Help me. Help me push this agenda a little farther, guys. Look for the light, Kyle. Looking good, Rowdy. Looking forward to your coverage from Gateway. Appreciate it, Kyle. Appreciate it. John calling in tonight. Good morning, sir. 